2: Hi, welcome to the Yankees Magazine podcast. I'm Hillary Georgie, and joining me is Nathan Makoworski. Hello there. And John Schwartz. Hello. Who is on his phone? Come on, John.
0: Sorry, I'll respect. Let's let's
2: get to the podcast. I gotta respect the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So playoffs are starting, and with the playoffs, we also have the new issue of Yankees Magazine, the October issue, featuring Gary Sanchez on the cover. El Gary. El Gary.
1: His second cover of the year, but uh, deservedly so. I mean, w- what a season from our catcher!
2: Under Hopefully. the radar, is a good season. I think mm-hmm. he doesn't get a lot of the headlines. Well, how could he? That's true. It's a fair point.
0: There's, a, there's kind of a big, tall uh, tree kind of blocking some of the sunlight. <laughs> it's a few lockers down
2: <laughs> is a is a guy some other people might know who hit 50 home runs already. So whatever.
0: Yeah. So Hillary, you had
1: the uh, the honor of doing the October cover story on El Gary. So tell us a little bit about it. What was your sort of approach with this one?
2: It was similar to what we just said, really. I was curious about Gary and the expectations coming into the season because, as we all know, last year he was the Aaron Judge. He was here for a couple months, and he was setting all kinds of records, and he was this rookie phenom, and everybody was talking about him. And then this year he kind of just went away. Like people were talking about him, but not nearly to the Point that I had expected, or really, I don't think anybody had expected. So I wanted to see how he did it and like how he was flying under the radar and still putting up great, great numbers. Like he has had a statistically very impressive season he was an all-star that nobody was really talking about and i the funny
0: thing is not just an all-star mind you every part of all-star week even the home run derby in which he was great in he was an up there too right. he
2: was nobody was like expecting anything out of gary sanchez which is the polar opposite of october of last year when mm-hmm. they were expecting the world of gary sanchez so i wanted to get his take on all of that plus like just talk to him about the game in general and the adjustments he's making in his first full year as a major league catcher which have been numerous Mm
0: -hmm. so those adjustments have kind of not been as under the radar as some players might and some teams might like obviously if you wrote the story a month and a half ago i think it would have been very different based on the defensive struggles that he was having for sure at that time you know a lot developed, I would say, over the toward the end of the season. But still, there's a lot of work he has to do in the offseason. But what was your impression of how he views that progress and how he views the responsibility that he has behind the plate?
2: Gary knows that he has to be a catcher. And as a catcher, he has to be kind of the defensive leader on the team. And he has to, number one, catch the ball. And number two, be a guy who can throw guys out on the base pass and who can manage a pitching staff and who can also by the way be a threat on offense he's in the middle of the lineup he's batting two three four five wherever he is he's expected to produce so he knows that he has to do all those things and i think he is so hyper focused on every single one of them it's not one gets more attention than the other he does everything every day and it is staggering the amount of work that he puts in i was blown away by it and i had a great conversation with Tony Pena, the first base coach and catching instructor for the Yankees, and he talked to me for a really long time about what it means to be a catcher and how hard it is to be a catcher and how impressed he is with Gary as a catcher and as a player.
0: On Sanchez, I tell you what, I've been,
1: I have been very, very proud of this game. And, uh, everybody wants to see everything at once. Sometimes it take time to see that. But what I have seen, you know, is good enough for me. Gary Sanchez is going to be one of the best catch in baseball for a long time. With time,
0: you will see that. Where do you think that line is, though? You know, because you bring up a lot of great points in the story about how difficult this staff is to catch. And obviously, you know, we forget sometimes because of how much he's accomplished already, but he's a super young player with very little experience in the league. But what is that line where it stops being, you know, Oh, this is a really hard position, and he's progressing. And you know, Girardi kind of having to sit him down, and as he did, and say, you know, this we need our catcher who can catch the ball.
2: I think the line is, you just need to see improvement. And I think as the season's gone on, there's been ups and there's been downs, and and I think you need to see that he's working. And people don't see that he's working unless you're here with him every single day, the way that Tony. Pena is here with him every single day doing drills and going over scouting reports. And I think the line really is how your pitchers feel about you. And if your pitchers can trust you and that they know that they can bounce a ball in there and they trust that you're going to block it 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10 times, then that's fine. And if the manager sees that, and if the pitchers see that, and if the catcher himself, if Gary himself is confident that he can do that, then I think that's where the line is. And and I think he's at that line. Every single pitcher that I talked to, and I talked to a lot for this story, are confident in him beyond anything. They have no issues. They don't have any trust issues with him. Chad Green said that he's willing to throw a slider in the dirt with a guy on third and the game on the line and he believes that Gary will catch that ball.
1: Yeah, I really liked the uh, the stuff from Pena. You know, obviously with the resume that he has as a catcher, I mean there's no greater authority. And um, I've always found Tony to be really, you know, honest in his appraisal of players. And I think if you know, if he weren't happy with Gary's progress, he would have said, you know, oh here's the things that we're working right. on, he here's what he still doing. He could be doing this needs. better, he could be doing right. this better. But his tone in this story was, uh, you know, I could not be more proud of the work that he's put in so far and reminding us that he's still a kid.
2: He kept saying it. He's (laughs) like, this guy is 25 years old. This guy is so young or 24. I don't know.
1: 24 he's, years old, right? He
2: is a baby. And Tony was like, and this is his first year. It's his first year. People keep thinking he's been in this league forever. This mm-hmm. is his first year. Tony kept saying it. It was <laughs> funny. But he was like, it's incredible what he's doing. He's going to be incredible for a very long time. I was like, wow. Well,
1: well that name Gary Sanchez has been on the minds of Yankees fans for a long time, Very so they'd true. be forgiven for uh you know not realizing perhaps or not remembering how young he is and that he still has so much uh to learn but um you really shed a light on the amount of work that goes into being a catcher, all the different facets of it that being said, I mean, for you as a writer, when you're tasked with writing a cover story about somebody who has all these responsibilities already on his plate. Was this one a challenge in any way to, to get written? Was it hard to uh, to nail down some time with Gary for this story?
2: I'm not going to lie to you, Nathan. It was quite hard.
0: <laughs> did you nail down some time with Gary for the story? I
2: did eventually talk to Gary Sanchez. It did happen. <laughs> Gary and I had a conversation. It took maybe a dozen tries, <laughs> but... You know what? Gary's busy, guys. He is a busy, busy fella.
1: He's he's got his priorities in order, it sounds like. (laughs) He
2: knows that he's got a job to do, and his job is, frankly, not to talk to me. So I, I take that in stride. That's part of the game of being a reporter. You have to get guys when you can get guys. And Gary is a guy who, like we said, is busy every single day doing work that nobody sees, that you can't even really tell in the game. The progress that he makes is so small. Sometimes you just don't realize that he's making the progress. And you know what? Eventually, he did talk to me, and that's great.
0: If Gary Sanchez were Gary Sanders, and he had the same season that he had this year, how different do you think the response might have been?
2: That's a fair question. Uh, that it... you may not want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a really fair question, and. I think we all know that for Latino players, it's much harder for a lot of reasons, because the culture is different, the language is different, the the game itself is different. In, in the Caribbean, in the Dominican, wherever they're playing, it's it's a game where the emotion comes out a little bit more, and Gary, if you notice, if you're around him, he's a guy that kind of doesn't show as much emotion. I think the game in America has humbled him a little bit. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Tony Pena again was talking to me, and he said we're trying to get Gary to smile more. Gary needs to smile more. He needs to. He needs to look like he's having some fun. Um, so they're trying to get Gary to kind of to be the kid that he is. He's still so young, and he's still so he's so good, and he can be better. And I think that he's had struggles, and I think they're magnified a little bit because he's Gary Sanchez, and he, people expect things out of him. He was signed to a big deal at a young age and he had struggles maturity and play wise and people magnify that more i think because of where he came from and all that he's been through already and i don't know what it would have been for gary sanders but gary sanchez has handled it all in stride and his maturity has impressed everybody in the clubhouse and it impressed me when i talked to him so um that's all i can say about that
1: there was a point in his season this year Around probably late July, where he really seemed to kind of hit a low point. He was struggling at the plate, behind the plate, um, and really turned it on from that point on. You know, moving forward, he, he's really shown improvement on both sides. And was there a reason for that turnaround, do you think? Was there one thing that happened? Or was this just, a you know, a culmination of the work that he had been putting in behind the scenes?
2: There's no one reason for anything that he spoke to. I think he was just really wise beyond his years. And I think it's a product of working with guys in the clubhouse who've been through it before that at the plate, behind the plate you're gonna have struggles and that's part of being a major league baseball player and it's whether or not you can get through those struggles without like getting down on yourself or letting it affect other areas of your game like he had hit a low point in all facets of his game and i think he kept his head on straight he talked through everything with tony every single day he kept working every single day he talked to guys like cc and matt holiday and and guys who are veterans who have been through slumps and ups and downs and personal and professional and he learned that this is a long game and if you want to have a long career then you're going to go through slumps and eventually you'll find the other side and he's obviously found the other side so
0: can you imagine Being a pitcher on the Orioles, the Red Sox, or the Rays, Blue Jays, just looking up and down this lineup right now Mm -hmm. and saying, like, okay, so great. So we have this next year and the year after and the year after (laughs) before we can even think about not having to deal with Aaron Judge, two, Gary Sanchez, three. And I mean to say nothing of the guys who follow right. them. Dee Dee um, yeah. mm-hmm.
2: Starlin. There's a lot of guys in this lineup who can hurt you, and Gary is going to be a cornerstone of that lineup for a long time to come.
0: Speaking of guys who can hurt you, Chargers had an amazing September, and I think that's rightly really getting a lot of credit. Greg Bird. Yeah, <laughs> Greg
2: Bird. Wow. Like we've
0: seen Greg the Greg Bird September show before, so mm-hmm. you know. But man, that's uh kind of under the radar a little bit. It's happening at the right time of the year. The team's hot the biggest games are coming but man yeah that must feel good for him to go into whenever the off season does start this must feel better than he felt about a month and a half ago about the way things have been
1: yeah, the, the depth in this lineup is just it's it's really incredible i mean i can't remember the last time i mean joe girardi is going to have some really tough decisions to make should we advance past uh you know the the wild card game as to who gets left off the roster for the next round because whoever that person is it's going to be somebody pretty good <laughs>
2: What do you think? Should we dive into that in a little bit? Coming up on the Yankees Magazine podcast, <laughs> we'll dive a little bit deeper into postseason preview and a couple other stories. So stick around. So guys, wild card game back in the playoffs for the first time since 2015 when we faced the Astros. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? How are you feeling? <laughs> we're,
1: we're hoping our
0: postseason lasts a little longer this year.
2: It's a little bit tense in the room.
0: Yeah, obviously, uh, uh, Dallas Kikol, yeah. which <laughs> fortunately will not be happening in the the wild card game. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, but I mean, the way this uh, this offense is just clicking right now has me feeling pretty good going into Tuesday. Um, no reason not to think they they won't keep it going, and uh, we got our pretty much our ace this season lined up to go as well. So. Baseball and anything can happen, but you got to feel good about the way the Yankees are going into this.
0: If you're Joe Girardi and you have, you know, the ability to make a 25-man roster for one game, which he does, what? How do you view the pitching assignment? I mean, let's say as it seems that it's Severino, do you view this as Severino goes out there until he's not effective? Do you view this as Severino gets two times through the lineup and that is it because we have enough pitchers to? Start giving new. What, what do you think?
2: If it's me, I let Sevi go for as long as Sevy can go. Sevi has proven that he can get people out better than most anybody. So if, if it's me making the calls, Sevi goes until he can anymore.
1: That's yeah, so I mean we've we've seen so many instances this year where he's just as effective in the seventh or eighth as he is in the first
2: he can throw 99 with his first pitch he can throw 99 with his last pitch he can move the ball around wherever he wants he has learned how to be an ace and I want him on the mound
1: so uh the bullpen has has been uh you know a strength of the team maybe not quite as strong as it was last season but they seem to be rounding into form as well at this point in the season but uh just the way Sevy's pitched, it just seems like he's ready. And I, I heard somebody say that this will be his first ever postseason action at any level of baseball. Is that so right? It'll be really interesting to see what he's able to do out there. I mean, I think if he sticks to his game plan and you know whatever he's been doing this season has been working. So I have full confidence in him, and I would let him go
0: till yeah, till I, he
1: runs into trouble.
0: I think I disagree. Really? Yeah, I, I think I think. I think because you have an off day before and you have an off day after. Um, hopefully only one off day after. Um, and because, you know, you, you've basically been able to use the last week to set yourself up for this game. And, and and baseball doesn't script itself, and it's silly to do this stuff. But I say I don't want him going – I don't want him facing any batter for a third time. And I, I, I want to go into this game hoping that he gets through five, six, seven to Chad Green, eight to David Robinson, nine to Chapman right now. And I know – you know, baseball, everything can change. Like, you know, maybe by the end of this weekend, uh, Batonsis is, you know, firing rockets again. And But if, if, if it's me, I, I just think that in these postseason games, like, this is why you build this bullpen, is is, is for this, mm-hmm. is to make sure that you can keep on changing the looks these guys are getting, that no one can get comfortable at any point in the game. And look, not that it's comfortable facing Luis Severino in the 7th 8th inning, but... You know, I want to be changing it up as much as I can if I'm Girardi. And, you know, we don't have to tell Girardi that. He's not afraid of making moves, obviously, as we know. But I, I feel like in this situation, if you get five innings out of your starter, you take it and you don't let anyone see him for a third time.
1: Well, we'll see here. I mean, Tuesday night at Yankee Stadium, I'm just so glad to be able to say that, that we have no. postseason baseball post-season in the Bronx at again. Yankee Stadium. There is still this
0: tiny, tiny, tiny chance, yes, though, that is. we're talking about this for nothing. That's true. <laughs> You're right. You know, the Yankees have been hot, and the Red Sox not Quite as much. I shall watch what I'm saying, I guess, maybe.
2: (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. It would be incredible. Three
0: games with four to play. It would be a pretty uh, shocking development, Mm -hmm. but crazier things have happened, especially with the Yankees and Red Sox.
2: So true. (laughs) No matter what, though, the Yankees are in the postseason, and that's something to be celebrated and excited about.
1: It's been a great year. It's been like a a pleasant surprise to some people. I think, I don't know, I, I think Yankees fans were... They're they're always optimistic. They're always uh, championship-minded. So I don't know that this wasn't a team that was predicted to finish last place that is now going to the postseason. Right. Um, You know, there was a lot of question marks heading into the year. We knew that we were going to be relying on a lot of younger guys who, you know, some of them had never played a full season in the majors. But we also knew from following our minor leagues that these guys are talented. And when given the opportunity to play every day up here in the majors, uh, a lot of them have really, you know, taken the job and run with it. So, um, you know, there's just been so many great stories and storylines this season. Uh, I'm very excited to see
0: what happens here in the, in the coming days. I got to say, though, because Nate, I think you're right that, you know, there's just a very interesting feel about this team because it has overachieved, even if. You know, it's not as—it shouldn't have been as dire as, you know, some people might have been expecting. But it does have to be said, and I mean no disrespect to a lot of the guys I'm about to name here, but if you look at that 2015 lineup for that wildcard game, we were starting Chris Young. You know, we were starting Rob F. Snyder, We were starting Greg Bird, who— Had a good September, but hadn't, you know, established himself at all in any way. You know, it was a different Chase Headley then in a lot of ways. It was a different A-Rod then. It was a different Dee Dee then for sure. Mm -hmm. Some of the names are the same in this game, but it just feels very different. This feels, you know, that 2015 team, I don't think anyone really knew what to make of it one way or another. Yeah. This 2017 team i think you're watching this game and you're you have to be thinking about the 2017 wildcard game for sure but also 2018 and 2019 yeah. it, it, you just can't separate you know this game and this team from the future that brian cashman to his credit has built for these guys
2: yeah and nathan i wanted to get your opinion because out of the three of us you were the only one here who was you were the only one here for the last world series team mm-hmm. What are your impressions of this team as compared to previous teams that you've been a part of?
1: Well, I mean, look, there's no, uh, there's no bad World Series team, but uh, that one was... You're older than the players on the team. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, that one was exciting because it was the first year in a new building. And I mean, to be able to... The Yankees won their first title in 1923 when they opened up their first home. Uh, the original Yankee Stadium. So the thought of moving into a new building for the first time in 85 years and kicking it off with another, your 27th World Championship, was super exciting. This team, I feel like uh, fans have just gravitated to even more so because of the amount of homegrown guys. And because of guys like... who I know he's not a homegrown guy, but, you know, seeing the way he's blossomed in this role. um, There's just so many guys that you can grab onto that have become fan favorites. I feel like there's a bond between the
0: fans and this team that... Even even some of the same people, by the way, and I apologize for mm-hmm. cutting you off, but I mean CC Sabathia. I feel mm-hmm. like the the role that CC Sabathia has in the Yankees fan base is so different in 2017 as it was in 2009. I mean, yeah. he was you know the gunslinger brought in, in 2009. 2017, he's like part of the family. Yeah, he's like you know the old uncle. Yeah, you know uh, you know
1: uh, Brett Gardner is another guy who I mean like he's just been through so much on this team by this point that he holds a really special place in. in hearts of so many Yankees fans so you know it's it's going to be a fun ride hopefully it it lasts (laughs) like we said longer than it did in 2015 but to your point John you know no matter what happens this year fans are gonna we, we have a lot to look forward to uh in the years to come as well so it'll be a little easier to take uh you know we can console ourselves it'll be It'll it'll hurt if and when we lose this year and we're, we go home for the winter, but we can console ourselves knowing that you know that the future's bright. Going to be uh, the
0: future's set up pretty good for a while here. We generally don't break news here, but I mean, is there truth to the rumor um, that if they don't win this year, they're just going to start rebuilding the Yankee Stadium every single year? <laughs> it seems like a try, it's a tri and method of success. And it's
2: worked two out of two times, yeah. Yeah. so. <laughs>
1: It's very economically feasible. John, John Schwartz with your best practices.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. All right. Well, I'm excited. We're all, we'll will all be here mm-hmm. for the game. It's gonna yep. be a, it's gonna be an exciting one. Yeah. Hopefully we'll, uh... the the Bronx comes out. Yankees team will be rocking like it hasn't in a while, and it'll be fun. To, it'll be a fun atmosphere. So if you're here, pick up a copy of Yankees magazine. The October yep. issue. Gary Sanchez is on the cover. Smiling. Smiling.
1: A beautiful portrait of Gary Sanchez on the cover of our October slash wild card program. Right. Slash division series, should we advance.
2: Pick it up and follow us on Twitter. We're at Yanks Magazine. Check out all of our long-form content online, yankees.com slash magazine. We'll have articles from this issue, and you can find articles from previous issues as well on there, so please check that out, and uh, we'll see you soon. Go Yankees, right?
1: Yanks. Bye.